You are listening to the Brady Farkas Show podcast. Thanks to Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. You can always listen to the show live weekdays from 5.30 to 7 p.m. on WDEV AM and FM and streaming at WDEVradio.com. You can text in your thoughts 24-7 at 802-585-3026. That's 802-585-3026. The following is a presentation from WDEV Radio fast pace. They can go no huddle, they can go two tight ends, they can go play action, they can take shots down the field, they can run the ball with Cam. I love the options here. Opinionated. Mac Jones was a safe pick, but his ceiling is just Kirk Cousins. To the point. The Red Sox are better than I expected. I still don't think they're winning the division. The Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Brady Farkas Show right here on a Tuesday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. We go up until about 6.05 tonight, and then we bring you Red Sox baseball against the Blue Jays. Game two of a three-game series from Buffalo. I'd been worried all day about potential for a rain out tonight, but knock on wood so far, we are good. There have been some storms uh, reported tonight in the Buffalo area, but again, right now it looks like we will have a uh, full Red Sox baseball night, which means we'll have a 30-minute show. Former Catamount Hoops coach Tom Brennan will stop by with us at 545, as he does every single Tuesday. We'll have some fun with TB. Um, Tomorrow on the show, we're going to have another 30-minute show before the Sox and Blue Jays, but we will have more digital content. So make sure you are subscribing to us on the Brady Farkas Show podcast channel on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We were going to do a bunch of extra stuff today, but then we were like, well, if the game gets rained out, we're going to have a full 90 minutes. So we kind of held a bunch of stuff for just in case tonight's game got rained out. So we got a bunch of stuff to fire off here, uh, and we're going to do it tomorrow on the digital version of our show. So uh, tomorrow we'll have a 30-minute live show and a bunch of stuff on the podcast channel. So always be following us there on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Last night was a great win for the Red Sox. Like that is how you answer questions. Okay, I have questions about the Red Sox rotation. None of that got answered last night because they didn't need to. But the Red Sox offense, how would the new lineup work out? They answered that. How would Duran do in the two-hole? Oh, he answered that real early, first inning. Swing and a drive, left field, hit well. Back toward the warning track. Gurriel looking up and he's gone. Jaron Duran is his first major league home run. A line drive over the left field fence, an opposite field shot, and the Red Sox lead it to nothing. How would J.D. Martinez respond to hitting fifth, to hitting outside the top four for the first time since he signed with Boston before 2018? He hit well, extra bases. That is how you answer questions. That is how you begin to erase doubt from people's minds. Okay, After being lifeless on Sunday, you come out against a division rival and you score eight runs in the first inning and you don't let a pitcher off the hook. Ross Stripling leaving the ball up, getting behind in counts, and you make him pay. That is what good teams do. That's how you answer questions. And now, two games left against the Blue Jays, They've already dipped way into their bullpen. Somebody that, admittedly, I'd never heard of until recently is pitching tonight in Thomas Hatch. Like, this is a good situation for the Sox. And this is conversely kind of what makes me frustrated about the Red Sox at times. They have the ability to play with this sense of urgency, and they don't always do it. 
when the Red Sox have been challenged this year, a lot of times they have responded. But I don't like seeing them, you know, punched in the mouth against teams that shouldn't be able to punch them in the mouth. It's a pretty amazing stat that this Twitter account, Red Sox Notes, put out last night. The Red Sox really do a good job at responding when they have kind of a bad stretch of games. Start out the season 0-3, win the next nine. Lose three in a row at Houston, win the next five. Lose on a walk-off against Toronto, or lose on a walk-off against Tampa, win the next eight. Lose against the Yankees, come back and score eight first-inning runs yesterday. The Red Sox have the ability to do this. They have the ability to come back, but I'm tired of seeing them be lifeless against teams that are beneath them. Texas earlier in the year, the Angels just last week, the Phillies, the Yankees. They have the ability to play with this urgency all the time, and they don't always do it, and that is what frustrates me. Tonight, it's Garrett Richards against, again, the aforementioned Thomas Hatch, who most people, I think, have not heard of. Again, coverage begins at 6.07. If you want to get in, you can. 802-585-3026. It's on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line. Your thoughts on the Red Sox. We will take your text for the duration of the next 25 minutes. But now, let's go. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. And the opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas Show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. I want to clarify something that I said yesterday and take it a step further. Yesterday I said, I think the Red Sox need to win the division in order to have any chance at winning the World Series. Winning the division won't be enough. I really believe that if the Red Sox want to win the World Series, they not only need to win the AL East, they need to get the number one seed in the American League playoffs. Yesterday, I made all the points about how the Red Sox wouldn't be able to win the World Series from the wild card spot. All of those are true. They absolutely need to win the division, but reality, in reality, they need to do more than that They need to get the number one seed. My whole goal for these Red Sox in the playoffs is to avoid playing both the White Sox and the Astros. The Red Sox need the number one seed in order to play the wild card team and let the White Sox and Astros play each other, and one of them will be knocked out by the ALCS. I don't believe the Red Sox have the ability to beat both Houston and and Chicago. Both of these teams are currently playing 600 ball, like the Red Sox are, but they're both going to get exponentially healthier coming towards the playoffs. The Astros get Alex Bregman back. Heck, they may even get Justin Verlander back in some capacity moving towards the playoffs. The White Sox are going to get three starters back. Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, and Yasmani Grandal. Both of those teams, I believe, are currently better than the Red Sox. And with those additions, they are much better than the Red Sox. My whole goal for the Sox, my whole route to them winning the World Series, involves them avoiding playing both of those teams. The Sox, if they want to win the World Series, they need to get the 
number one seed because that is the only way that they can avoid both of those teams. Right now, Tampa, Oakland, those are your wild card teams. The Sox need to play one of them in the top seed versus the wild card and then let Chicago and Houston battle it out and then only have to take down one of them. In what I hope is in that first round series, I hope that that's a bloodbath between the two teams. And then the Sox benefit from that and go win the ALCS. I don't think that they can beat both of them en route to the World Series. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. High and Bloom spoke to The Athletic about his trade deadline plans, and he continues to affirm what I've always felt. High and Bloom is not going to compromise the future for this season. But I'm saying now, that's okay. He may not have to do that. What do you want the Red Sox to do with the trade deadline? What do you think they need to do in order to get that number one seed? 802-585-3026, Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line. Bloom said this to The Athletic. I would say that I'm going to be more worried about doing the thing that might cost us multiple shots at a championship rather than just one. So Bloom saying I'm consciously thinking about not screwing up the future in order to just win now. So right there, it's evident. As I've said all along, he's not trading the team's most you know youngest and most controllable players. Jared Duran, Tanner Houck, Garrett Whitlock, Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, Bobby Dolbeck. He's not trading any of them. Witkowski, who they got in the Andrew Benatendi deal, they're all staying. <coughs> Excuse me, I apologize for that. So that said, Hyam Blue may, you know, he may not have to deal any of those key pieces in order to help the team this year. Would a team take Michael Chavis with his four and a half years of team control remaining for a piece that could help the Sox this year and maybe next? How about Franchi Cordero? We have focused so much on Franchi Cordero maybe being part of this solution on the field, but maybe he's a piece for High and Bloom to trade. If with Durant here, there's no spot for Franchi in the outfield. If the Sox go and get a first baseman like an Anthony Rizzo, they don't necessarily need Cordero to go and take Bobby Dahlbeck's place. Could they trade Franchi Cordero and his two and a half years of team control for a reliever? or for a starter that could help this year and maybe next. I think those kinds of creative moves are possible. Bloom will not completely nuke the future, nor should he. He should not trade away the pieces that I named before. But he may not have to in order to help this team fulfill its goal of winning the World Series. If he can do that creatively, then I think he helps the Red Sox you know, along their road to getting that top seed that I think they desperately need. 802-585-3026, Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line. Tom Brennan, former Catamount Hoops coach, is coming up with us next. UVM has mandated that all students have to get a COVID-19 vaccine. What if TB lost a player or a recruit who, because they didn't want to get vaccinated, what would he do? TB's next right here on DEV. He led Vermont to its greatest win in program history. Oh, my goodness! Sorrenti hit that one from 
He's the architect of the Catamounts basketball program. Vance Janet, UVM. And he's with us now. It's time for our weekly talk with former UVM basketball coach Tom Brennan on the Brady Farkas Show. On WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Brady Farkas Show right here on a Tuesday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Going up until 6.07. Odd time. Red Sox, Blue Jays take center stage at that point. But joining us now for the best uh, 10 to 15 minutes of the week is our guy Tom Brennan, former Catamount Hoops coach, the legend and lifer, with us every Tuesday. TB, I hear you had a great weekend. Well, it was amazing, Brady. Um, uh, we had it started sadly. Uh, we uh, had to go to a funeral of a dear friend, wow. Lynn and I, and uh, that was very, very tough. And uh, and she kept saying to me, um, you know. Then we went back to visit with the people after the funeral, and so she's saying, "Well, you gotta you gotta go out Friday. You know, you gotta be ready to go out." And I said, "There's no way. I'm not going out. There's no way." She said, "Don't argue with me. We're going. We gotta go. Uh, we go to uh, downtown, or not not." downtown but downtown Winooski to waterworks and uh walk into place and there are 15 guys from my early years from wow the, yeah it was great the Tarrant brothers and Matt Johnson and and it goes on and on and on and 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 you know and, and like I said man these these were the guys that, that had me before before we got pretty they had the, <laughs> they had the real Tom Brennan and uh so but it was just so great of them to come back and they you know I hadn't seen I hadn't seen some of them since their weddings and hadn't seen others for years and uh so it was just so neat and then on uh, uh saturday they all came out here to my house and we we hung out here and they dragged me downtown at nine thirty <laughs> at night so uh, you know i've been hung over since uh, since early sunday morning <laughs> well i'm glad you got a chance to reconnect even if under tough circumstances yeah, um, yeah that was it was it was a kind of a bittersweet day my boy and uh and you just it, it just makes you you know i hate to you know, sound philosophical, but really hug people you love and, and tell them you love them because you just don't know. And then and to get to see these guys. And, you know, the thing about it, Bray, what made it really neat was um, when I was just so stunned when I saw them, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I just had because I, I, and even, you know, me tough guy, I'm, I'm saying to Lynn. Uh, I'm not. I'm just not going unless you tell me what it is, you know. And she said, "I'm not telling you. You just, you just have to go." I said, "Well, what can it be? Tell me. Just give me a hint, you know." She wouldn't even do that, and so um, she said, "Look, we're not going to argue about it. Just go. You got to go." So we drove. We when we pulled in there, I was so shocked. I mean, uh, it was just such a great thing to see because I was so sad you know from where I had just come from and uh, and so Friday was like it kind of threw me off a little bit and you know we were there for a long time probably three or four hours and and then we, they all came here Saturday and we had a lot more time and it was you know on the deck and reconnect and so it was just it was a, absolutely a, a wonderful thing I mean guys came from California Arizona Florida you know so it was it, it was so meaningful to me it really was a great great two days tb no easy way to transition but i did have an interesting question for you um uvm came out last week and they have mandated the covid vaccine for all students how would you feel as a coach if you lost a recruit or a player 
because they didn't want to get vaccinated. I wouldn't. That wouldn't bother me. Again, it's easy, <laughs> it's easy for me to say all these things now, you know. Yeah. Uh, but no, really, I, I don't think it would. Great. I don't think it would. It, it was, was kind of like recruiting uh, or guys transferring, you know, like, hey, it, the, the reason the one reason, the main reason we want you here, the very main reason is because you're going to commit to going all in, you know, you're going to commit to doing whatever it takes to make Vermont great. And um, and so uh, so that would just be a, 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 a slippery slope. And if someone said, well, I'm not going to get vaccinated. I would just not I would not recruit them anymore. Hmm. You know, I don't necessarily think that this would happen at Vermont's level. But do you think if any like big athletic powers mandated the vaccine, they would cave on it if it affected athletics, Alabama football, Duke basketball. Would any of those powers cave on this rule if it massively affected athletics? I certainly think that they that they might because, uh, you know, the idea, the whole thing is we're, we're working at such a disadvantage now from what we lost financially uh, through the last yeah. year and a half or so, you know. So uh, I think they would. You know, what's amazing to me, Brad, is that um, – the WNBA is 100 percent. Really? Oh, I yeah. didn't see that. Yes, yes. And and why why isn't the NBA? Why I don't you know? And and uh, let's look at it this way, okay? If somebody would have said to you two years ago, okay, all right, we're going to have hell to pay unless you get vaccinated. But we got this vaccine, like we had for polio, we had for chicken pox or what a smallpox, and. It's going to it's going to take us out of all this trouble. You'd, you'd sign up in a minute. Where, yeah. where where can I get it? How can I get it? You know, so uh, to me, uh, yeah, I, anybody that doesn't want to get it is, uh, you know, and again, you can talk religion, you can talk philosophy, you can talk, uh, you know, I'm a man and nobody, nobody can tell me what to do. But it, it's just impractical. And uh, to me, we've already gone beyond the point of saying that it works and it works way, way better than it don't. And we, if this happens or that happens negatively, you know, we deal with it. But uh, but my goodness, I don't think there's any doubt that it's it's the answer and we need it and we need it to go forward. And as as you see right now, uh, you know what this scares me, my boy, I, the, the Olympics. You know, as yeah. soon as I read, as soon as that guy said, we are considering not having it. I, I said to myself, they're not having it. They're not having it. Because uh, it reminded me so much of, of a couple of years ago or whatever it was when they said in, in early March, you know, uh, I don't know. We if, if things push comes to shove, you know, we might have to cancel an individual game or two here and there. Boom. Next thing you know, the whole thing was shut down. So yeah. uh, and that would be that would be a mess, too. I would be very sad if that happened, because uh, and. And I just just to hear the guy quoting the guy saying, you know, I'm, I'm talking from the bottom of my heart. I feel sorry for it. You know, it's just it's like he's almost getting ready to tell everybody, look, uh, this is not going to happen. So that would be a mess if that didn't happen, too. But, uh, you know, I, again, I don't think we can take any of this stuff lately The variants and where we are in our country now with it coming back and those type of things. Uh, they, they really have to be taken seriously. And especially after what happened, how wouldn't why wouldn't people? Yeah. Former UVM Hoops coach Tom Brennan with us here on the Rudy Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. I've wanted to ask you this for a couple of weeks. I'm finally remembering to do it now. NBA Finals tonight, Game 6, Bucks have a chance to win and beat the Suns. I have a question on Giannis. We're always telling players that every year they need to expand their game. We want to see them expand their game. So a player like Giannis has tried to do that. He's tried to shoot threes. He's not a guy who's a great shooter, but he's working on it, which is what we tell him to do. 
How do you balance in practice? I just yeah, but how do you balance a guy who's so good at something, but we also want them to to advance their skill set? So how do you balance a guy you know trying to get better versus just doing what you're exceptional at? Well, the idea with him would be in the like I saw. I think he only took one uh, the other night, or maybe two. But the one I saw him take that I remember him taking was in a not, not a flow necessarily, but they were running, you know, and it bang bang, it got back to him, and and he was wide open, and and you know, okay, you got to live with that. He's Giannis, you live with it, you know. That's yeah. how I've worked on it, and you know, I, I think Braid, you look at the kid, and you you know he's going to work hard. You know he's he's a worker. That, that's very obvious so uh but just not now he can't do it now it's not you know got a chance to win the whole thing first time in 50 years and we want you to work on it in the in the summer and uh, over the you know or in the regular season but uh most certainly they're they're way i mean when he's it's it's just a mess when he shoots a three right now yeah. uh so um but but he's become such a good player you know same with free throws you know he'll 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 get better because he'll keep working at it and um it's not like he doesn't care but um but yeah I, I don't right now I don't I hope I don't I hope I don't see any tonight <laughs> do you think that if they win the title that frees him up to try all these things in the future he's already won so if he shoots 28% from 3 next year so be it but that's so a chance to try yes yes i i think with a championship in his pocket i i think that that just you you're looked at entirely differently you know you every, every player it's like chris paul man he yeah. you know he's he's really highly thought of but you know, you know, he's been hurt in the big situations. He's been up three one a couple times. You know, so he, he's just looked at differently than if they win it. You know, and and in Giannis's case, he just keeps getting better every year. I mean, he's been the MVP a couple times already. Uh, he he is just such a gifted uh, player around the basket. You can't stop him. Uh, and when you, when they post him up, it's just pretty much over. So, uh, but yes, I mean, he, uh, to be, I don't know, to be Larry Bird. I don't know. He's better. Than He's better than a lot of people already, so I don't know that he has to become a, uh, a proficient or even a, a some proficient three point shooter. I, I don't think he really needs to worry about it, and I don't think it's going to matter in, in terms of his overall greatness. TB, do you have a Tom Brennan poetry corner this week? No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, I figured that you got me so next week or last week was so good. Uh, I, I figured I'd ask you again if you had some this week. I hope that next week doesn't focus on a on a on a canceled Olympics. That's what I don't yeah, want. I want. That's it. That would, again, be, that would be a shame. Tom Brennan, former Catamount Hoops coach TB. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. I look forward to it. And by the way, I saw the kid from Western Carolina. I really like him. Bye. <laughs> Bye, TB. So, yeah, Western Carolina. There's a transfer from Western Carolina who's coming in and committed to UVM. That whole vaccine thing as it relates to how it would impact college sports is pretty fascinating. I don't believe at UVM, UVM would go back on its policy to benefit athletics. I just don't. If a men's basketball player or a men's hockey player or a field hockey player or whoever said, look, I'm not coming to UVM because I don't want to get the vaccine, I don't believe that UVM would back down. I think they would keep their policy in effect and they'd say goodbye to the athlete. And if it hurt them on the court or whatever, they would deal with it and they just move on. Like Coach Brennan said, I think their point would be, we want you here if you want to play by our rules. I don't believe that's the case, though, all around the country. Can you imagine if a place like Alabama or a place like USC 
or a place like LSU, if that college or university had a rule saying every student who comes to campus has to be vaccinated, and the star quarterback said, I don't want to, they would fold that rule so fast it would make your head spin. If the quarterback at LSU or the quarterback at Bama or the top projected draft pick at X, Y, or Z, if they said, I don't want to get vaccinated and I'm leaving, those schools would cave so fast because athletics there drive the university. Athletics does not drive the university at UVM. Athletics might drive the state in some of these in some of these college towns. Like Norman, Oklahoma is Oklahoma. Like that is Oklahoma football, Oklahoma basketball. I believe that Alabama football season drives the economy of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So if Alabama football were impacted or Oklahoma football were impacted, it would be impacting the entirety of the town, the entirety of the city, the entirety of the state. Those schools would cave so fast if their top athletes or coaches said, I don't want to get vaccinated and I will leave or not come here if you try to make me, they would cave. At UVM, that's not the case. In Catamount country, UVM you know, thinks that it's a steward of the state and likes to follow what the state is doing. It would not go against the state. And UVM just doesn't place athletics above all else. In a lot of ways, that's a good thing. I wish sometimes they'd value athletics a little bit more, but it's good to not value athletics above all else. And UVM just doesn't. The administration doesn't. So at UVM, I don't think that would be an issue. But around the rest of the country, that would absolutely play a major role in decision-making. So we thank Tom Brennan for joining us. He's with us every single Tuesday on the Brady Farkas Show, and you can check out the full interview on the podcast channel, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. Red Sox baseball is coming up here less than 10 minutes away for Sox and Blue Jays, game two of the series from Buffalo. We'll check out the lineup and the pitching matchups and get you ready on the other side of this commercial break and CBS News update right here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Yep. Garrett Richards against Thomas Hatch today. Thomas Hatch. I'm going to have to pull out the minor league numbers on Thomas Hatch. He's the Jays' starting pitcher. The lineup that's facing him for the Sox. That's next right here on WDEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Red Sox lineups against the Blue Jays coming up momentarily. Brady Farkas Show brought to you in part by Pro Driver Training. Pro Driver Training is Vermont's premier truck driver training school. They're online at ProDriverCDL.com, helping you get a Class A license, a Class B CDL license, passenger training, and all the skills and courses that you need. Show also brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness in a uh, high-intensity interval training program located just off Interstate 189 in South Burlington, right there off Shelburne Road. Easy to find in that plaza there with Shaw's and, and Chipotle and Starbucks and Subway. I've worked out there. I worked out there for three years before the pandemic and uh, just started going back as it's opened back up. And it's 45 minutes to an hour long. The class is structured. The coaches are excellent. Uh, the vibe is fun, but everything being done safe and still socially distant in there. And uh, look, get stronger. Get more athletic, get quicker, get faster, get in better shape, feel better, and live longer. That's what their goal is trying to get you to. Uh, you know, that's what their goals are at Orange Theory Fitness. And again, I'm proud to go there, and I'll be again be there again 
tomorrow morning. So that's Orange Theory Fitness. Yeah, check it out online and then go visit them out in South Burlington. All right, time for Red Sox lineups. Game two with a three-game set. Sox Jays from Buffalo. Sox enter this one at 57 and 38. Blue Jays are 48 and 43. Pitching matchups, Garrett Richards on the mound for Boston. He's 5-5 with a 4-9-1 ERA. Thomas Hatch, he's on the mound for the Jays. We actually should know who he is. He pitched last year for Toronto in a year in which they got to the playoffs in the shortened season. Went 3-1, started uh, just one game last year, but pitched in 17 overall. 3-1 with a 2-7-3 last year across 26 innings. But again, he makes the start today for the Jays. Lineup for the Sox. Kike Hernandez leads off again at second base, hitting 237. Jaron Duran homered yesterday. He's back in the two-hole today at center field. Xander Bogarts is at shortstop, batting third at 316. Rafi Devers homered yesterday. He's at 279, 23 homers, 73 RBIs. He bats cleanup and plays third. J.D. Martinez in the five spot again today. The DH is at 305 with 19 homers. Alex Verdugo is back in left field in the sixth spot, hitting 270. Hunter Renfro had a grand slam yesterday. He's got 14 home runs in total this year. He plays right field and bats seventh. Danny Santana's at first base again today, hitting 178. Bobby Dahlbeck once again on the bench. Kristen Vasquez is back in the lineup, batting ninth and doing the catching. For the Jays, Marcus Semien leads off at second. Bo Bichette's batting second at shortstop. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the designated hitter, and he bats third. George Springer is the center fielder, and he hits cleanup. His average up to 235. Teoscar Hernandez, the all-star in the American League at 295. He plays left and bats fifth. Randall Grichik's in right field, batting sixth. Lourdes Goriel Jr. is playing first base, batting seventh. Kevin Biggio is at third, batting eighth. And Danny Jansen does the catching, and he bats ninth. He's got five home runs. Jays had the most home runs in the American League. Garrett Richards will try to suppress the long ball on a hot day in Buffalo and a chance for some storms. That's it for the Brady Farkas Show here on WDEV. Thanks to intern Colin. Thanks to Tom Brennan for joining us. Full show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks to Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Red Sox baseball is next on DEV.